Hello, everybody. Hello, my beautiful beans, and welcome to episode 63. Um, this episode, I think, I don't know what I'm titling it yet, but it's going to be around the lines of what else are you going to do with your time? So we're talking about kind of when you're at those crossroads in your life of should I do this, should I do that, about being more productive, how to kind of get off your ass and actually action something, kind of the, the mind space that you want to get into and the thought patterns that you want to kind of nurture in order to do those things that you really want to do so you reach the end of your road with kind of no regrets okay so that's basically what this podcast is going to cover um as usual i'm going to do a a weekly wrap up um then i'll go into my brain facts and then i'll get into the topic of today so weekly update nothing really to report we are in lockdown well sydney's in lockdown and melbourne recently just went into lockdown my heart goes out to all you melbourne people i can't imagine the frustration that you guys are going through um it's supposedly only five days so i'm really really hoping that for you guys it is only those five days um and let's just hope it doesn't go longer same as sydney we're here until like at least the end of july but we'll see how we go what I am going to, you know, start to do is maybe do some some things on my Instagram to like be more interactive with you guys over the next couple of weeks as well to kind of ease the stresses of lockdown because I know it can really get to some people more than others. So I'll try and do a bit more. I am planning on doing a live on my Instagram as well this week just to be a bit more interactive. We can ask, you know, you guys can ask me questions. I can answer them on the spot. Um, and yeah, it'll just be a nice way to kind of have more connection with you guys in like a live kind of basis. So that would be really cool. Um, What else have I done? Okay, so I've received all the stuff for the Do You Fucking Mind card game, which is very exciting. Um, And I've just been packaging them all in boxes, um, you know, wrapping them so they don't get damaged when they get sent out and all of that. So my back is a little bit fucked because I've been like hunched over in the worst position. So that's not ideal. But now I've sort of gotten back into running. So that's kind of evening that all out. And I'm feeling a little bit or a lot better now. My back doesn't hurt as much now. So that is great. But yeah, apart from that, really nothing else to nothing exciting to share with you guys apart from that. I did, though, want to get into a little bit of housekeeping. I don't want to get on like a downward spiral or get like all like negative on you guys. But I have been alerted and this is not the first time by some beautiful people in my Facebook community and Facebook group that some people, and again, I stress this is not the first time, but some people have joined the group with kind of like a second agenda and they have not been active on the group at all. And then they've gone and DM'd a whole bunch of you members, like my beans in the Facebook group regarding like multi-level marketing pyramid scheme kind of things. So I just want to really, really make it clear that if you have the intention to join the group to network for a multi-level marketing, please kindly fuck off. That is not what the group is about. I will be, I'd rather, like I'll never be caught dead being associated with multi-level marketing, a pyramid scheme. If that's what you're about, you're just not what this community is about. Please take your quote unquote business elsewhere. I've very passionate about multi-level marketing, um, direct sales, all that shit, whatever you want to call it. Um, There's many reasons. I probably do a whole podcast on why I don't agree with it. But the main reason being that it often targets 
young women who are trying to really do something with their time and might not be as educated in that field and they get like swept up in something when they end up spending way more money on a concept that if you really look at it is not actually going to most people that enter it are not going to make money and you're basically asking people to fund your ability to succeed at the expense of that person, okay? So if you are interested in expanding your multi-level marketing, whatever you want to call it, take it elsewhere. It is not welcome on the group and it is not welcome because if anyone gets a DM from someone regarding a multi-level marketing, just send it to the admin. Myself and my sister is a lot, she's a lot more onto the admin page um, than I am at times, but my sister and I will immediately delete you off the group and that will be that. So please, please, if someone is doing that, DMing you, just send it to us and that person who is part of the multi-level marketing thing will be removed from the group without any warning, nothing at all, okay? So that's the housekeeping that I want to say. I would say to you if <laughs> I, I was going to say um, if there's a reason why you think it's viable, please DM me, but please don't because I will never be convinced that multi-level marketing is a good idea. I have unfortunately had my time wasted and I literally mean wasted by people ambushing me in situations, trying to make it look like they just want to have a conversation. And then it turns out that it's a legitimate, like by the book definition of an ambush where they rope you in and then you feel rude to leave and they're trying to sell you something that's ultimately going to make you lose money, okay? So that is that. That is the housekeeping. I don't need to go into it any further. But please, like I said, if you feel that you've been targeted and it's someone in the group, let me know immediately and we will rectify that problem straight away. So thank you to the people that have already um, done that. I appreciate it. I appreciate the heads up. Okay, now... On a better note, we're going to go into my brain fact for the day. And today I want to talk about something in the brain called the blood-brain barrier. So the blood-brain barrier is something that exists in most areas of the brain and it is in all the blood vessels of the brain. And it basically acts as a barrier between the bloodstream throughout the rest of your body and the blood vessels within the brain. It is a protective mechanism where it only allows certain substances to permeate, such as oxygen, water, and small lipid solubles, which I'll go into in a little bit. So this basically protects the brain against toxins and pathogens from entering the brain and then having damaging effects on the brain. So that way, what might be able to exist freely within the rest of the body is not able to exist within the brain. Um, and this is because the brain, a lot of the things that are outside of the brain, um, can actually be, can act as neurotransmitters if they were to permeate into the brain, right? And because of this, if they do act as neurotransmitters, these like substances or chemicals, and they enter the brain, it kind of plays around with the homeostasis of the brain and it can wreak havoc on the brain if you're kind of messing around with the neurotransmitter levels or release or whatever. So hence the importance of having this barrier to be really selective of what can enter and what can't enter. Now, this barrier is possible because of the tight junctions of endolithial cells around the blood vessels. So these cells make up the inside of the blood vessels and they're more tightly packed within the vessels inside the brain 
and the gaps are wider in the blood vessels outside of the brain. So other particles that are not in the brain can like penetrate freely in and out of the blood vessels, which cannot happen within the brain. And these tight junctions restrict what can enter. So large particles or particles that don't have the right lipid, like fat ratio, will not be able to enter freely. Additionally, there are a type of glial cells in the brain. And glial cells, if you remember me explaining, there's 10 glial cells for every one neuron cell within the brain. So there's many, many, many glial cells within the brain. And there's a particular family of glial cells called astrocytes. And these astrocytes they're called astrocytic end feet. They surround the walls of the cell for more protection and they're really important for the integrity of the blood-brain barrier. Now, most of the brain is protected by this, by the blood-brain barrier, blah, blah, um, but some areas are not. For example, the um, sur- it's called circumventricular areas and basically they're the areas around the ventricles and the ventricles are a part of the brain that produce cerebral cerebral spinal fluid to be flushed kind of around the brain and spinal cord, giving nutrients to the brain and spinal cord. Now, of course, certain things do need to enter the brain. Um, And then when you look at it from like a medication standpoint, we need to, scientists need to find ways for uh, particles to be able to enter the brain, you know, to treat patients for certain, you know, illnesses or, or, um, you know, depression or anything like that. So it is important that we find ways of permeating through this blood brain barrier. And it can be done in a bunch of different ways, but one of the main ways is through um, vehicle mediated transcellular transport. So say that quickly 10 times in a row. So basically this helps control, um, it's basically these transporters, right, that will bring in a substance and the transporter, which is allowed to enter the brain, will, will will basically grab the molecule, bring it through the blood-brain barrier and then release that molecule inside the brain. Now, this creates a challenge when you're designing a drug because the drug, if you're designing a drug for the brain, the drug has to be a small enough molecule to be able to permeate through those tight junctions, but it's also got to be lipophilic, which is Um, meaning that it likes fat. It's attracted to fat and it can be dissolved in fats, okay? So lipophilic is attracted to fats and can be dissolved in fats, which is different to being hydrophilic because if it's too hydrophilic, which means that it's attracted to water and dissolved in water, if it's too hydrophilic, then it's not going to be able to cross through that um, as the molecules dissolve in water instead of in fat. And you need something that dissolves in fat if it's going to cross the brain. So if it's too hydrophilic, it's probably going to be metabolized by the body before it reaches the brain anyway. Now, an example of this as a drug is dopamine. So, and I've explained this in another podcast, cannot for the life of me remember which one, but Parkinson's disease, for example, is a disease where um, the production of dopamine is kind of there's something going on there and the cells that produce dopamine start to die off or they get damaged. So then there's a lack of dopamine and dopamine is very, very crucial in anything surrounding movement, right? So that's why a lot of people with Parkinson's have a lot of either um, freezing or tremor as well. So it's really important that Parkinson's patients get kind of a supplementation of dopamine. However, Dopamine, as it stands, cannot pass the blood-brain barrier because it's a charged amino acid and therefore it's kind of locked out of that. Charged amino acids cannot permeate through that barrier. So access is basically denied for that molecule. So 
they found, scientists found that L-dopa, which is the precursor to dopamine, can pass through the blood-brain barrier. And once L-dopa passes through that blood-brain barrier, an enzyme within the brain converts L-dopa into dopamine and then dopamine can have those, those kind of beneficial effects on the patient. However, this is what, what I find really interesting and in how science hacked this. I don't know how. It's amazing. But L-dopa can be converted into dopamine within the periphery. So the periphery being the area outside of the brain, okay? And if this happens, if L-dopa, if you ingest L-dopa for a Parkinson's patient, right, you take the tablets, if you just take L-dopa, it's going to be converted into dopamine in like within the body and then it goes to cross the blood-brain barrier and it can't, okay? So they found, scientists found that if you give L-dopa with a medication called carbidopa, Carbidopa inhibits the enzyme that can convert L-dopa into dopamine. So that enzyme that acts in the brain is no longer acting outside of the brain because you've taken something called carbidopa, okay? So it it prohibits that enzyme functioning. But carbidopa cannot cross the blood-brain barrier. So while it's inhibiting the enzyme outside of the brain, it can't have that action inside the brain. So you've got L-dopa, it reaches the blood-brain barrier, it hasn't been converted because you've inhibited the enzyme with carbidopa, it then crosses the blood-brain barrier and then the enzyme can then convert it. So then once it enters... It converts, it turns it into dopamine, and then the dopamine can then do its job and help the patient out. So it's really, really fascinating, this whole idea. And this, again, kind of the whole talk about blood-brain barrier, I've kind of circled it back to my love for pharmacology um, because when you're studying drug design, as a scientist, you've got to look at these two components. You've got pharmacokinetics, which is pharmacokinetics is what the body does to the drug, and this is all like how it's metabolized can it be converted? Can an enzyme act on it? Can it not? And then you've got pharmacodynamics, which is what the drug does to the body. So you always have to be aware of the pharmacokinetics and the pharmacodynamics in order to be able to create good drug design that's going to function properly on on the body, especially if it's something that's trying to function on the brain as well. So there's the fun little brain fact for today about um, the blood-brain barrier and yeah, I really can't remember which episode I spoke about levodopa and um, L-dopa, levodopa and um, Parkinson's disease, but super interesting shit. And that is the brain fact for the day. Okay, now let's get into the topic of today. So the topic of today is what else are you going to do with your time? Now, this episode is pretty much for people who are thinking or kind of contemplating should they be doing something else, um, for those that struggle with discipline or struggle with consistency, for those who are afraid of falling short or afraid of failing, um, for people who are scared of judgment from the people around them and judgment from strangers. It, it, the whole episode also applies to you taking daily action from like the smallest little things in your life to taking massive action to something as big as like moving locations or changing jobs or careers um, or ending a relationship or starting something brand new where you feel that you might be too inexperienced or you might be too old, okay? So hopefully my, my aim is that this episode will get you into a headspace where you're able to back yourself a little bit more and perceive things differently. I'm going to get you asking yourself some questions Um, so if you're, let's say you've tried to do, let's say you've tried a fitness challenge or you've tried to eat better, or you've tried to do something career wise and you've noticed that you've kind of just 
given up or quote unquote failed or nothing's kind of really happened or, you know, you've wanted to do something and never really embarked on it. I want the, basically this episode is going to get you into that headspace where you're asking yourself the right questions. So your answers will help find where the gaps are that you need to kind of address or how to kind of steer yourself in a different direction. Okay. Now I'm going to be breaking this episode down into kind of sections of like concepts or ideas. There's like six or seven of them. Um, So let's begin. Number one, the first thing that I want you to be doing is I want you to pause often and take note of your current situation. Okay. So something that you need to ask yourself when you are at a time where either you're feeling stagnant or you're down or I mean, lockdown is the perfect situation because it's forcing you to kind of stop doing what you're doing and just pause and just be with yourself and your thoughts and take a little bit of like a, a look at your current life situation right now, because, and I've said this many times, but your life situation right now is the summation of your past actions and your past behaviors. It's not really a representation of who you are today. It is like the additive effect of who you have been in the past. So where you are right now, what you are physically doing, the relationships that you are in, um, the job that you are in, your hobbies, your health, your mindset, all of that is a reflection of everything that you have done in your past or not done, everything that you have or have not taken action in, things that you have allowed or things that you have not allowed to occur in your life, okay? So it's important, and I do this very often. I'd say that I probably do this every couple of weeks where I pause and I kind of look at my life situation as it is. It doesn't matter how good you think your life is going or how terribly you think your life is going. This will be beneficial to anybody that does this. Like I'm currently very, very happy with my life situation, but it has taken me, you know, doing this for years to start seeing some massive, massive, massive changes within my life because every so often and the more often you do it, the better, you pause, you sit down and you kind of shed some light on every facet of your life. I like to break things up into categories. So you've got relationships, career, health, like self and in self you can have like your hobbies, your skills, your happiness, your, you know, what you do with your spare time. And then you've got like relationships, which is like social and romantic and all of that. You can add as many categories as you want to that, but then you've got those categories and you kind of want to look at it and genuinely ask yourself, am I happy with it? Am I happy with this in my life right now? Not, is this all I think I can achieve? They're two very different things. Am I happy with it? Because sometimes we think, This is as good as it's going to get, so there's no point addressing it. But that's a terrible, terrible, terrible mentality to have. You should never look at a situation and just resign yourself to it being as good as it's going to get and just leave it at that, ever, okay? Always look at situations saying, everything aside, no matter how many challenges would present itself in order for me to improve it, am I happy with this? Would I be happier if it was different, okay? Would I be able to be a better version of myself if this current situation were different? If my relationships were different? If I was not dating this fuckwit? If I was in a job that I could actually grow and flourish and I was appreciated, so therefore I would want to work more efficiently and better? You know, 
you can ask that for every single situation within your life and you're going to realize that there's always something that can be changed. And it's not to say that you're picking out all the negative things. It's kind of shedding lights being like, where do I have the power? Where can something be improved? And I do that all the time and I'm constantly, and because I do that, I'm constantly this proactive mindset. I'm always coming up with new ideas. If I was just to sit here and be like, wow, the life that I live today is a life that I would have dreamed of two years ago then nothing's really going to change. I'm kind of going to get too comfortable. And I don't ever like being too comfortable. I always like being challenged. And I'm not talking about challenge to the extent where you've got severe anxiety and you're losing sleep. I'm talking about having healthy challenges, things that I'm always working towards. I rarely like to feel that, oh, I've completed that. It's done. No. What's next? What is next? What am I going to do with my time? I have time. So what am I going to do about it? What am I going to do with this time? It's a very valuable asset that we all have and we all have the same amounts of it. So it really is like, what are you going to do about it? And what can you do about it? And unless you ask yourself those questions, you're probably not going to do anything. The moment you ask yourself the questions, you start to realize there's way more that you can do than you give yourself credit for. Now, number two, are you fearing failure? So this is something to always consider when you're not doing something or when you're kind of playing it safe or choosing to kind of accept a situation as it is, even though it's not your ideal situation, where maybe you've thought in the back of your mind, God, I wish I was doing this with my career, but this is pretty good as it is. And I've already spent so much time doing it and, you know, I should be grateful. So I'll just accept it, you know. Are you not changing or are you not taking action because you're fearing failure, you know, or because you are a perfectionist, because you're fearful of the outcome not being your desired outcome because you're intimidated by having competition, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And every time you realize that you're not doing something because you are fearing failure, you've got to kind of put yourself in the shoes of your future self, which is really hard to do. It's really hard for a lot of people to be where they're at now and to imagine themselves as their older self. It is hard to do that. But the older you get, the easier it is to do that. Like I remember and like when I was a teenager, when someone would talk about being 30, I'm like, oh my God, that's never going to, ha- I don't even have to worry about that. That's so far away. But time passes anyway and here I am at 32. So you have to always imagine that that time will come You're going to reach that point. And where do you want to be at that point? It's not good enough to think, oh, that's so far away. That's not good enough, okay? Because do you want to look back on your time on earth at the end of your life and think, oh, thank God I didn't try that. Thank God I played it safe and didn't do anything adventurous. What a relief that I never took that chance. What a relief that I never tried to learn that thing. What a relief that I never did that bold move. You're never going to say that to yourself. I can guarantee you. I can guarantee you'll be at the end of your life and you will think, I regret that I didn't take action. And if you did take action and it failed, you'll say to yourself, I'm so glad I gave that a red hot go. That's it. You're not going to think, oh, it sucks that I tried that and it didn't work out. You're not going to think that. You're going to be happy and grateful that you put yourself out there and tried so you got your answer regardless of what the outcome was. So every time you think, am I fearing failure? Ask yourself, what would I rather feel on my deathbed? Would I feel relief for having not done it? Would I think, thank fuck I played it safe? Because I can tell you, you're not going to feel that way. You are not. It's, It's not at all. 
Go read the book, The Top Five Regrets of the Dying, to realize that you're never going to be on your deathbed thanking yourself for not having taken that risk, okay? It is always worth it. Like I said before, we all have 24 hours in a day, all of us, and everybody wastes time. Some people waste a little bit of time and some people waste a lot of time and it's scary how much time they waste. It is scary how much untapped potential there is there and they're not doing anything about it because they're complacent, they're so big on instant gratification, they're not thinking about their future self, everything's about the now. People, I get asked all the time, oh, but like I just, oh, I just get so bored doing this or I do this or I do that. It's just complacency that's causing people to waste so much time. You know, if you all have the same amount of time, you have the same amount of time. The people, look at, think about the people that you aspire to be like. They have the same hours in a day that you have, but they're milking their days. Like I like to think that I milk my days as much as possible, you know, try to not get into the headspace of looking at people and thinking, oh, they're such a workaholic or, oh, how do you even do it? Or how are you, whatever? No, change your perspective and think if they can do it, what could I do? Because if you look at somebody who's a high achiever and you're saying to themselves, oh, they must be a workaholic, then you're saying that you have to have some sort of neurological psychosis in order to achieve something. Whereas I'm normal. So I'm not like that. Bullshit. Bullshit. Most of the people that other people think are workaholics are just passionate. They're passionate about taking action and they're passionate about getting shit done and achieving shit in their life. And so they do versus the people who look at them and say, oh, because I can't, I don't have the discipline and because I don't have that, you know, that grit that's going to get me to, to a place that I want to get to or get me close to a place that I want to get to because I don't find that easy or because it's not desirable to take those daily actions that in the moment are maybe not that fun, I'm now going to label the people that do it as being either a workaholic or, you know, being obsessed with something or just being like crazy motivated. They must bounce out of bed with motivation. No, you need to stop. You need to stop and pause and think we are not that different. That person that is just smashing goals and doing everything day in, day out and getting far in their life, the only difference is that they probably have better discipline and they are just doing something that I am yet willing to do. Hopefully, you will be willing to do it after this podcast or after listening to a few episodes, but right now, you're not willing to do what that person is willing to do and it's got nothing to do with being obsessed, being obsessive or being a workaholic, okay? It's that person is choosing to do something with their time. What else are you going to do with your time? Sit on your ass, scroll through your phone all the time. What are you going to do? Because there's so much that you can do. It's insane. And all you have to do is look at the people that a lot of people label as obsessive and look at what they're doing and realize that's not obsessive. That's someone making the most of the time that they have on earth. So choose your language carefully. Number three, nothing trumps taking action for many reasons. Obviously, the, the obvious reason is that when you take action, shit happens. Doors open. You don't have to be a professional at what you're doing. You don't have to know more than everyone else around you. You don't have to have this crazy skill that is better than everyone else. When you take action, you start to meet new people, open new doors, and 
meet with new opportunities that would never have presented themselves had you not taken action. But separate to that, as like a secondary benefit that you get from taking action, is that you actually change how you are wired. You change how you perceive challenges, okay? So, for example, the more stagnant you are, the easier it is to stay in a slump and create these patterns of behavior around that slump. And then if you're always, let's say that your, your, your normal habit is you finish work, you get home and you're like, oh, fuck this. I'm just going to sit on the couch. And before you know it, it's now time for bed, you know, and you've maybe been on your phone. You've maybe called someone, you've maybe done something here and there, but ultimately you're like, I've just been tired that I really haven't done much. And then the grind starts again, the daily grind. If you wake up the next day and it's like groundhog day, right? If you are in that mindset where every day kind of feels the same and you're kind of wishing the week away so the weekend can come, then that's something that you need to address because you should not be wishing away five days out of seven until you retire. That's tragic and depressing, okay? So what you need to do is you need to look at your normal patterns. If you are always in a state of just doing what you've always been doing and not taking any new action, then the thought, not just not just consciously, but from a subconscious wiring level within the brain, the concept of starting something new is just almost too much to fathom. It's like, oh, that's so out of my, like it's a whole, you know, creature of habit thing where you're just so used to what you're used to that the thought of changing one little thing is just fuck that, you know, trying to start a challenge or trying to start like a new eating regime is just like you you try it and it's like, I cannot stick to it. So you don't, you try something new and you don't see results straight away. So you don't bother because the thought of this new action is just too overwhelming. So when you do start taking action, even on the smallest things in your life, your wiring starts to change. Your brain stops just being as is and living in the same patterns, these residual patterns that you've had for the last decade or three decades or whatever. And it starts to change its wiring. It starts looking at like, okay, I'm, I'm now becoming more proactive. I'm going to look at this new challenge and I'm going to do it. And when I do it, it feels good. So then I want to do it again. I do it again and it feels good. So I start creating a pattern and that pattern turns into a habit. And then that habit turns into a new way of being, your new version, like your 2.0 version of yourself. And that's where you can start to really raise your standards within your life. And that all comes from taking action. So my advice to you, if you're somebody that struggles to finish a challenge or struggles to finish something that they've set out to do and never really gets it done or tries to pick up a hobby and within a few weeks has stopped, my advice to you is to start something very small but actionable that you do every single day. Ideally, something that you're going to feel the benefit of. So something that I would recommend is um, something like, meditation is a great one or reading for 20 minutes, ideally more every single day or writing things down at the end of the day of kind of like a, like journaling, if you want writing down, being like, this is really good. This is whatever, whatever you want, but something that you think this is very feasible to do. It doesn't eat up too much of my time. It is like a small step that I can take to, to prove to myself that I'm able to start something new and stick it out. Every time you start something new and give up, you are, you are confirming to yourself that you are likely to give up rather than see something through, 
Okay? This then means that the next time you embark on something, your beliefs about your ability to see something through are quite negative. Your kind of schema about yourself, your, your internal working model is I'm probably going to give up or when this gets hard, I'll just give up. When this kind of gets boring, I'll just give up. The day that I don't really want to do it, I'll just give up. The people that do it must just love it and must be motivated. That's why they do it. So then you kind of already enter it, setting yourself up to fail. So know that the more you give up on something, the easier it is for your brain to kind of encourage you to give up next time. And then the reverse is true. The more you stick something out, then the next time you try something challenging, you think, I'm able to stick something out. I have staying power. It might be in something that was easier, but I know I can do it. I know I can stick it out. So I'm going to do it. Why do you think so many jobs require a degree, even if the degree is irrelevant to the job title? Because a degree signifies staying power. It signifies sticking something out, okay? It's not to say that you're better equipped than someone without a degree. You might not be, but the degree at least signifies to that employer that this person can look at something that's challenging for the next few years and get it done. So it says a lot about their work ethic. Unfortunately, you might be someone that's way better suited for the job and you might be a hard worker, but the degree kind of is that confirmation to the employer that you already in your past have done something difficult and stuck it out to the end and graduated, okay? So it's not to say that someone with a degree is smarter or better equipped than someone without, but it does help on your resume because it signifies a lot about your ability to complete something and your kind of your your personality type to get something done. Now, just a little disclaimer, this is different to being in something that you absolutely hate that isn't serving you, okay? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about say you really want something, but you start it and it gets too hard. That's when you need to stick it out because you love it, not because it's too hard, because you're resourceful. You do have the resources. You just need to find them and tap into them. This idea of like, oh, it's too hard, I can't. No, most people who do a degree or anything for that matter, degree is an example, but who do anything, start a job, move cities, you know, whatever, most people find it hard, but they think, okay, I've got to dig deep to get this done. Most people do certain things that that they think, oh God, what if I failed? Will I have failed? Do I need to reset this subject? Do I need to redo this? Do I need to save more money? Do I, those challenges are still going to occur and they occur within the people that you think they don't occur in. Everybody is hit with these times of self-doubt and challenges when they're trying to stick something out that's difficult, okay? But it's the ability to take it to the end. If you're questioning, oh, but what what if I actually want to quit something or not, go and listen to my podcast about knowing when to quit, okay? Um, Because that's going to kind of clarify it. So that's my disclaimer. I'm not talking about when you're doing something that is grinding your gears and against who you are and not serving you and causing you more pain than anything else, okay? So that's a whole different ballgame. Number four, stop prioritizing instant gratification. Most of what you want right now, you have the resources to do, okay? But unfortunately, we as, as human beings prioritize, will 
innately prioritize instant gratification over delayed gratification, okay? And this kind of taps into the whole not being able to put ourselves in our future self's shoes. It's not an easy thing to do. And so because it's not an easy thing to do, we look at what's going to be pleasing now versus what's going to be pleasing in six months' time or in three years' time or in 10 years' time, okay? So because we can't really put ourselves in that position, we normally take the first option, what's going to be pleasing to me now? But you've got to realize that in order to get the things that you want, you actually have most of the resources there. You have some level of physical ability. You have some level of intellectual ability, both of those things which can be expanded on. You have some level of health which can be improved. And you have resources and time on your hands to do all these things. Okay, so you already where you stand right now are pretty well equipped to do something about it. The thing that's holding you back is instant gratification. We avoid what is not pleasant in the moment. And that includes just doing the work. Okay, we avoid doing things that we don't want to do because it's not pleasant. The brain will always steer you away from discomfort every time. But when you can create an action and that action then becomes a habit, it no longer becomes a discomfort. It actually becomes something that you need in order to feel good for the day. So if you're somebody that can't fathom exercise, but hypothetically, you started getting up every morning and moving your body for 30 minutes, after two months, I can guarantee you, if you didn't do it, you'd feel that something is lacking because you have kind of raised, you've leveled up to that point where it is now no longer a discomfort. Not doing it is a discomfort. Often what separates you or people that haven't taken action to the people that are where they want to be and continue to grow is the simplest idea of the ability to delay gratification. If you can't delay gratification, you are giving away your control. If you say to yourself and to those around you out loud, which then confirms it to yourself when you say it out loud. If you are saying, oh, but it's just so boring or, oh, I can't stick it out or that's just, I can't do that. I can't do something every single day. You are giving your power away because you can do it. You just value the now more than you value your future self. That's, That's just what it comes down to. You place more value on making yourself happy right now but then potentially causing your future self pain. You value that more than ultimately being a better person and leading a happier, more purposeful life in six months' time, in two years' time, in whatever, okay? That is what you are doing. You are just placing more importance on getting gratification now. And gratification, instant gratification, comes in the form of procrastination. And procrastination is delaying something that's uncomfortable so you can be in comfort in the moment, That is all it is. In the very moment of like, I could send this email, I could reply to this email now, or I could reply tomorrow. And tomorrow doesn't exist in my mind right now because I can't put myself in, in my future self's shoes. So right now I get to scroll on Instagram. Right now I get to watch this thing on Netflix. Right now I get to do the things that are not gonna cause me discomfort. That's all it is. It's very simple, but unfortunately it's kind of like the Achilles heel of most human beings. Now, number six, stop thinking that you don't have control. This is the biggest slap in the face to yourself that you can do. Telling yourself that you don't have control. Telling yourself that it's just too hard. Telling yourself that, oh, I don't really like it, so it's not feasible because I don't like it. 
Because something that you don't like right now doesn't mean that you're not going to like it in the future if you give it a red hot go, okay? So if you're in, let, let's take weight loss, for example. You want to be at your ideal weight where you feel good, you feel fit, you feel like you can move your body freely. But right now you're in a situation where you're, you know, at a weight that you're not happy with. If you're saying, look, I want the, the, the end result, but I just don't like doing what it takes to get there. That's why it's so hard. You're giving your power away. You are telling yourself that you don't have control. You don't have to love every aspect of it initially in order for you to do it because the people that do it also don't have to love and don't love every aspect of it. There are certain things that I have done in my life that the end result was very important to me, but many things on that journey were very unpleasant. And I'm talking very unpleasant, but I stuck it out because the alternative was not getting the end result. And I wasn't prepared to do that. I wasn't prepared to not have that end result. Take fucking the master's, for example. There were certain subjects in that master's degree that tested me to my limits. It tested my patience. It tested like my sanity. Where I was at a point was like, I honestly right now, if I let myself spiral, I could start crying for the next 24 hours because I am so like, I feel like I've met a block and I can't get past that block because it's so hard. But then you pause, you kind of regroup and then you find the resources and you get through that block. Okay. But the reason why I didn't give up is because the end result of having that degree was too important to not do it. So that's what I want to want you to look at with your end results. Don't just say I've reached a roadblock and it's too hard. The end result is really valuable, but it's just too hard. It's not. You can do it. Who cares if it takes you a bit longer? Time is going to pass anyway. Imagine if you really wanted something you gave up because it was too hard, but instead in, instead of giving up, you could have maybe done it part-time or, or spent less time doing it or took longer so you could wrap your head around it because in five years, you could have finished it instead of in two years, for example. You know, time will pass anyway and you're going to be standing there in the future self. That's really hard to put yourself in the shoes of, but you'll be standing there as your future self looking back, being like, I wish I took more action on that. I wish I did more. Where you are right now, for most people listening, I can guarantee there's a lot of things that you have said, I want to start doing this years ago. And right now where you stand, you probably still want to do that thing, but you just didn't take action. You just didn't do it because it maybe got too hard or it wasn't that pleasant. And now you're looking back being like, wow, even if I did it at half the pace, I would have that thing right now. I would be that person right now. I would be at the health that I would want right now, even if I did it at half the pace or a quarter of the pace. That's the thing. When you look back where you are now, you can then maybe put yourself in your future self's shoes by saying, I right now can look at my past self and look at all these changes that I could have made but didn't. So now kind of look at it in reverse. Where I am now and what I can be doing can influence how my future self is going to look back. Are you going to look back and be proud of yourself that you did it and you stuck it out no matter how long it took, but you got to that end result that you value so much? Or are you going to look at yourself right now and be like, ah, oh, I wish you just did it. I wish you just did it. Even if it took you a bit longer, who cares? Just do it. Okay. That's the difference. So don't tell yourself that you can't or that you can. 
slow it down if you need to. Take a pause, regroup, get the resources that you need. Keep pushing for it because you will get there. But it's just a matter of knowing what's what you place your value on and is it worth giving up for that end result? If it's worth giving up, maybe you don't want it that bad enough and that's fine. But if it's not worth it, don't be don't give yourself excuses of like, "Oh, I couldn't do it. I just wasn't able to do it." Because you are able to do it, but you need to change your language. You need to change your language. And like I said in that past one about nothing trumps taking action. As long as you're always taking some sort of action, your brain is wired to that state of being proactive. It's wired to problem solve. If you stop altogether and think, fuck, that was too hard, you go from being proactive and problem solving to being reactive. And you stay in that reactive state where you're not the driving force behind anything. External things are the driving force to your life. And you don't want to be in that place. You don't want to be in the place where the only reason you're changing is because things around you are forcing you to change. You create the change. Now, lastly, number six, If you are not giving it your all, what are you doing? Genuinely answer that question right now. Pause this podcast if you need to. But answer, if you are not giving it your all, what are you doing? If you are half-assing something, what are you doing? If you're half-assing something with your time, but then you spend hours doing something mundane that's literally a waste of your time, I'm not talking about recreation and relaxation because that's necessary. I'm talking about time where you could be doing something in those like valuable, actionable hours of the day, not your resting time, but the actionable hours of your day and you're choosing to do nothing with that time, which you'll never get back. Then what are you doing? Like you're going to look back and think, what was I doing? Because I wasn't loving it back then. It was just passive and pleasant, but I wasn't thrilled. I wasn't on purpose. And right now, I'm now looking back, regretting that I didn't take action. Because the only thing you're going to regret at the end of your life is not taking action. You don't regret taking action. Trust me. Even if it fails miserably, you're always going to be in a different place where you've grown, where you've learned, and where new opportunities have presented themselves. You only regret not taking action. Failure is only when you fail to take action not when you take action and it didn't work out. That is not a failure. That is a door that was closed that led you to another door. Failure is only when you fail to take action. So when you start to do something and you see yourself half-ass it, ask yourself, is this the energy and the action that I need in order to get what I want? And the answer is probably going to be no. Because you're kind of pacifying yourself by like, oh, I'm kind of doing it, but I'm not. But I'm kind of doing it. But what's the point? Go all in and try your hardest. And again, like I said, if it gets too hard, slow it down. But you're still putting your all into it. You're still summoning all the resources that you have. And the more resourceful you become, the more resources appear. Okay? You network better. You will see open doors when they appear. When you're not being resourceful, those open doors are still there, but you don't see them and you don't have the ability to walk through them, okay? It's all about getting into that mindset of being like, I'm here to give it my all. If I'm not here giving it my all, I might as well not bother because me not giving it my all is probably going to be me giving up in a couple of months' time or in a couple of weeks' or days' time. That's what it comes down to. So ask yourself weekly, 
If I'm not giving it my all, what am I doing? And then have people in your mind that you aspire to be like. And they don't have to have the same career that you want. They don't have to have, I'm talking about kind of energy expanders. You want to think of people that like, I've got people that I look up to that have completely different careers to me, but I look up to them in the sense of like, wow, I really admire the way that they live their life, the way that they, what they do with their time, what they've been able to achieve from having that staying power and sticking something out and pooling their resources into something that they want to achieve. Okay. So I really encourage you to get like five or 10 or however many people kind of in your like vision board or people that maybe you're following or that you know personally and always tap into that and think, you know, that's someone that's giving it their all in their chosen field. What can I do that's kind of similar to what their person that, that person is doing that's going to help me get closer to what I want, that's going to help me grow and help me achieve something that I've always wanted to achieve and I've never really kind of gone out there and done that, okay? So at the end of the day, you've always got to look at it as what are you doing with your time? What else are you going to do with your time? Now that you've listened to this episode and I know that most people that listen to my podcast have things that they want to achieve and there's just a few blocks here and there and I'm hoping that these questions are going to help unblock those areas and make you start to kind of have a bit more staying power and address them and think about it more critically instead of thinking, oh, I'm resigning myself to this because it's always been that way. The reason it's always been that way is because you have wired yourself to believe that it has to be that way. But it doesn't because you can create these new patterns within your brain and you can rewire it. And in six months time, every time a problem approaches itself, you will tackle it very differently to how you tackle it now. You literally will change the wiring of your brain based on how you behave day to day. It's not one big action. It's daily little actions that are done consistently with discipline that get you there, okay? So that is what I want you to be focusing on. That is what I want you to kind of go back and look at those six points that I covered, write them down. Let's crack open your life. Let's look at the different sections. Let's look at where you're happy, where you're not happy, what you can do about it, what you've always wanted to embark on. Do it, just do it. I plead with you, just do it. Because your life can be something completely like something that you've dreamt of in a matter of just a couple of years, if not months. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening. I love you all so much. I love this community. You guys are my beans of life. I adore you. Um, And the card game will be coming out this week. I'm so excited about that. And what's really cool with the card game, what I'm going to start doing as well, is that there's a few things in the card game where it gets you to write something for your partner um, and it gets you to write something for yourself as well. So for the people that are willing, I'd love for you to, when you do get that card game in your hands and when you play it, to share what you've written to your partner, what your partner has written to you and take photos and share it with the community because it's kind of, Hopefully what I aim for is to just all these things bring our community closer together, um, something that we can share with each other and feel more connected as the Do You Fucking Mind community. Guys, thank you so much. Thank you for continuing to share the podcast on your socials, share it with your friends. I really appreciate it. Remember, be kind to yourselves, be kind to your brains. Don't take shit from anyone and especially don't take shit from yourself. Danke.